Hello, beloved members of St. Martin's Church and all who are listening. Thank you for listening and participating and worshiping in our service today online. Won't you join me in a spirit of prayer? Gracious God, we give you thanks for all the many good gifts in this life. May your glory shine through us so that we may be radiant with the same light that was and is in your Son, Jesus Christ. He is your glory from before time and forever. Amen. So I am an avid, if poorly educated, gardener. If you find me on a Saturday, you'll find me on my knees deep in the dirt. I love to weed. Don't take me up on that. I'm not coming to your house. I love to weed at my house. One of my favorite plants is this. It's a simple, basic ostrich fern. I love it because all you have to do is plant one or two in a shady place and it will do the rest. It will fill in the whole area. They multiply, and they are lovely in a very simple way. I love how they uncurl and make little fiddleheads in the spring, and then spread out in this beautiful, simple form. For our purposes, my favorite part of an ostrich fern is the way they catch the light. These are plants that love a shady spot, but when they catch the light, they glow. At the beginning of the day or the end of the day, they will catch the slanted sunlight and they light up and they create a glowing, lovely, light-filled mass in the garden. They are so good at capturing light. That's their gift. That's how they have evolved across time. And I've taken this vision of light-filled ferns into my prayer life. I meditate on a light-filled fern, a fern filled with the glory of sunlight. And I feel that warmth and that light in my soul as I pray, as I strive to be as transparent, as filled with God's radiance as these ferns. I want to be shining with God's light. I want to glow with God's glory. And I pray to be like these ferns like an ostrich fern full of slanting sunlight. I hope you will take that into your prayer life as you continue your path to reflecting and absorbing and radiating the glory and light of God as is given to you with your gifts and your personality. 
our scripture, especially the Gospel of John this morning, really asks us, how are we part, how are we participating in the glory of God that is fully shared with us in the person of Jesus Christ and personally and fully, I'm sorry, fully shared with us in the relationship between God the Son and God the Father. We are immersed, we are taken up in that glory, in that relationship that is shared with us, that we are brought into through our baptism. This part of the Gospel of John comes from the farewell discourse. The farewell discourse is a part of the Gospel of John that's a very long soliloquy by Jesus before his trial, passion, death by crucifixion, and resurrection. As in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this portion right before the crucifixion is Jesus preparing us to understand what is happening in his suffering and death. In the synoptics, what takes that place is the Last Supper. That's how Jesus prepares us to understand the meaning of his death and resurrection. In the Gospel of John, it's the farewell discourse that helps us understand the meaning of the death and resurrection. And in the farewell discourse, Jesus uses the term glory over and over. He talks about the glory of God. He talks about how God is glorifying him. He talks about how we will be glorified as God glorifies the Son. In this wonderfully reflexive mode of John, we are included in everything that God the Father does in God the Son. So it's important to understand this word glory, especially in the language of this gospel. When John talks about glory, the author of the gospel of John, he is talking about God fully revealed in God's most praiseworthy virtue, in God's most praiseworthy substance. Where we see God fully revealed is God's glory. And where we see God most fully revealed in the Gospel of John is in the cross, in the pouring out of love Jesus makes on the cross to love another, to love a friend enough to die for them, this is the glory of God. The glory of God is the cross. And this is a paradoxical meaning, because in the ancient world, the cross was the opposite of glory. The cross was shame and dishonor. Shame and dishonor. Glory, on the other hand, was triumph. Glory was the triumphant entry of a general into Rome who had conquered the enemy. Glory was pride and accomplishment. 
Glory was the esteem of all the people. Glory was to be praised for heroic victory. The cross is exactly the opposite. The cross is God's glory, a humble glory, a glory of self-sacrifice and self-giving and self-giving love and total outpouring, holding nothing back to reach us, even to the point of complete humiliation and annihilation. The cross is the opposite of honor. It is dishonor and shame. And yet, our God transforms that place into the place where we truly understand who our God is for us. And who is our God for us? Outpouring, self-sacrificing, self-emptying love. Doing everything and holding nothing back to reach us. So why is this important? Why is it important to know that the glory of God that is shared with us is the glory of the cross, which is different than the glory of the world? Well, it's important right now because as a church, we are being stripped of almost everything we depend on. We are stripped of our in-person community life, we are stripped of our normal liturgical functioning. We are stripped of our glorious music program, the incredible singing of our choir and the incredible playing of our organ. We are stripped of all these things. And I think that is a incredibly spiritually potent, pregnant place to be. I am looking for the glory of God in this moment of time. And the glory of God as I see it is that being stripped down, being in this humble state, puts us in identification with the cross, puts us in identification with our suffering Lord. And being stripped away means we can no longer depend on all of those other things as our strength. We can no longer depend on music or liturgy or even our beautiful building as our source of strength. Those are all stripped away. So we have to find our strength in God directly. We have no substitutes. We have no replacements. We have no intermediaries. As important as those things are, music and liturgy and community, we can sometimes mistake them. We can sometimes mistake them for our ultimate purpose, for our ultimate orientation. And we can almost make them more important than God. We can depend on our aesthetic sensibility more than receiving God 
in God's presence as our ultimate source of strength. And that's the good news right now, folks. That's the good news for us, is we can take this stripped-down time and find our strength in our direct relationship with God and grow some new muscles, grow some new strength while we wait for our other strengths to return. Music will be back eventually. Gathering will be back eventually. Liturgy will come back. But for now, let us grow different muscles. It's just like when someone loses one of their senses, I'm told. You might lose your sense of sight. And I am told that your sense of hearing compensates. And you can now hear more acutely, even though you can't see. Same for the church. We may not be able to gather in person and join join community. We may not be able to enjoy liturgy, which we love so much, the graceful movement of people in the sanctuary. We cannot enjoy music, which we adore. So having lost those wonderful experiences, let us see where God's glory is. What spiritual sense in us is becoming more acute? What spiritual sense in us is compensating for what we have lost? Is it hearing the word? Is it prayer? Is it spiritual sharing in our families? Is it devotional reading or meditation? The good news of God's glory is that God is pouring God's self out and reaching us all the time with everything God has. So that means God is reaching out to you with everything God has somehow right now, some way, even apart from those things we used to depend on to know God was there. So my friends, while we mourn, let us rejoice. While we are sad, let us smile. Because God is reaching us and teaching us and giving us strength, even in our losses. And God is our strength, ultimately. Nothing else but God, not even our faith, only God is our strength. Let us lean on the gospel, let us lean on God, let us grow new muscles as we continue to follow Christ, even in this time. Amen.